What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 98. 98. Two away. We'll get there. It's been a little bit of a slow couple months with New Year and everything, but we're we're back on track, I think. So, so what are we talking about today, Trev? <sighs> we're talking about underrated car mods. Which, by the by, is the worst podcast topic ever, because the answer is obviously nitrous, and now we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you waited... Waited until we were late, and then that was it. See you guys. Spray it. Bye. Bye. (laughs) We were just all arguing in the background about what the best mods are. And yes. Al's stance was just nitrous. Yeah, I, I would love to get some real facial hair, but all I get is my mustache. So. It's real. It's just real thin. <laughs> oh, the the, the mustache comes in good, though. <laughs> Anyways, um, I didn't even really prepare any questions for this one because I think it's going to be super easy to bounce around. So underrated I, I got, mods. Our topics are just for the first 10 minutes anyway. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I got yeah. the first one before Tim says it. Good tires. Huh? It is the most underrated and underappreciated mod that you can do on any mod car. I'm still overrated on that one. Ah. See, here's here's <laughs> like well, you drive slow cars. So you're not you're not a tuner. Yeah, you don't have somebody that like, a, a customer that shows up with their car, <laughs> spends ten fifteen grand on it with us, and then drops it off with five year old all seasons when it's forty degrees outside. Yeah. and then he gets not on, gonna work. Then he gets on Facebook and he's like, I really think I'm gonna go up in tire size so I can I can grip better. And we're like, no, yeah, you're five hundred so, treadwear all season. Yeah, so then they go to two fifty five. All seasons, like buddy, that's not how you do it. You're still doing it wrong. We had a we had a customer come in with a Cobalt, I believe it was a LSJ car. Uh, this is like seven years ago now, and he was like, "I want to be the highest horsepower customer." So we're like, "Okay, boom, done." So we put a big old, I think a 362 on it, Oof. and. Old he man, had, like, this was 12 years ago, not five or seven. Okay. <laughs> anyway. He had some all seasons on this car. I know what car you're talking about. It was about. the dumbest build ever. Yeah. It was like 500 and something wheel, and it had lag, and then just blew the tires off to rev limiter and didn't even accelerate. <laughs> it was like the worst combo. I basically, I like... Brought the car back, and I'm like, well, that is a complete waste of time. It is no faster yep. than it was before yeah. you dropped it off. Probably no, it probably would lose a race to a stage 3 M62 yes. car. <laughs> yes, he would. Well, that's like, um, I, I don't know if it's all of them, but 90% of the ATSVs that have came here left with different tires, didn't they? Yes, actually. <laughs> a lot of them, yeah. We don't even really, like sell tires but you know when we know we have a full build car and it's Mm -hmm. on the you know it's a 16 atsv and it seems like atsv guys don't really drive their cars daily no because they're all pretty low mileage Mm -hmm. i mean that's a seven-year-old car now you know yeah um and they'll show up with the original Michelins on them. It's like, oh, well, yeah, like, seven-year-old. We're not a tire retailer, so don't email customer service asking <laughs> us. But we do have those available. So in situations where it makes sense, we're like, hey, if you want to actually use anything that yeah. you came here and paid for. Uh-huh. Or know, like, I, if you want me to dyno it, I'm going to need well, it to too. hook up on the dyno. Yeah. Uh, and cue every Grand Prix guy out there. <laughs> That has uh, his 60 series 
all seasons on it. But yeah, not aside from just tuning in cars being here. I mean, just going with a say a nice two two hundred treadwear, you're gonna pick up the car is gonna feel so much better because oh you can hook and there's a difference between good spin and bad spin. I mean, if you have a turbo LSJ and it spins at the top a second and it starts to hook, that's like primo. That is good. But if you have crappy all seasons, it'll just spin and spin and spin and you won't go anywhere. Yeah. So that is my number one uh, underrated car mod. That's fair. And burnouts are overrated. So burnouts are definitely overrated. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. They they get more video likes, but they really (laughs) are stupid. I hate burnout videos so much. I have wasted far more money from burnout repercussions than I have from any actual racing failure. Now you say burnout repercussions, so not just tires. No, not just tires. Well, thanks for Anyone that's done a burnout in a stock LSJ knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. Could be the axles, could be the trans. You just do what Tyler does and like, yeah, it'll pull through it. <laughs> it didn't pull, it through, didn't it. pull through it. <laughs> Wang! And then you just hope it's an axle. <laughs> yep. And then you just hope it's an axle and not another trans. You know, when we were at the track, he said something about, oh, I thought it'd pull out of it. And I just didn't even <laughs> respond. I just pretended he never even spoke like that. No, you know that that's not how that works. But I get it. Sometimes things happen so fast that you're just like, ah! cue yeah, every Honda guy ever. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Edgewater where even yeah. when it started to hook, it was wheel hopping. And I'm like, we came down here, so I'm going to do something. And he did. Something. And I did. And it broke. Yep. Uh, Al and Tim first underrated mods that come to your mind or anyone in the chat i haven't really seen any wide band Ooh, that's a good one yep i've been pushing that a lot lately doing a lot i've been doing a lot of like pretty big power one fours they're so cheap compared to the amount of money that people spend overall i don't understand how it's not automatically in the shopping list i i would imagine most people i recognize a lot of the names in the chat room here but um most like the narrowband is a good guess of your air fuel ratio, but it is skewed by exhaust temperature quite a bit. So mm-hmm. you can tune with it 85% of the time, but some cars, it's just wrong. And, like, you know, I was talking to the guys, I think, uh, Monday. Yeah. I yep. went out and tuned a customer's ATS, and um, the, the narrowband was saying 940, which is like super rich looking but that thing was audibly spark knocking under the hood Mm. so it's like i know that's one of those cars if you put a wide band on it it's a freaking 12 7 or 12 8 air fuel ratio or or Mm -hmm. something uh which isn't crazy lean for a di car but you know for a lsj it would be no but it's on the edge of what's appropriate and normally that narrow narrow band reading would tend to lean towards being too rich and you weren't in this case no yeah, that, no. that that was like that LSJ that we did last week. Typically E85 car, like 900s to 880s, and it was 930, 940 all day. And I'm like, well, let's get it on the dyno and double check. And sure enough, it was dead flat 12.0. Jeez. Weird. Mm-hmm. That's an exact example of what yeah. I'm talking about. But like, then I've had other LSJs that'll be like 875, and they're running in the mid-11s. <laughs> yep. So it's... I, a, I, I, like I, I like I've it. said before on here, like... 
when you're experienced with a specific platform, you can use the narrow band to at least know that you're probably not in a dangerous spot, mm-hmm. but it can't be used to fine tune. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think it's one of those mods that, that it doesn't add anything for the person in the car. So they don't want to spend money on it. Something to look at. But it is something to look at. And, and people love, you know, their pillar pods and gauges. Yeah. But Man, us tuners love you guys when you have a wideband. And that AEM OBD2 gauge for the people that it works for. Because it doesn't yeah, work those for are, every car. Those are awesome. Man, that thing is magical. I Like, when I send out a remote tune, I send out the channels that just auto-logs it. So mm-hmm. if you just mm-hmm. add it in at any point, it just pops up on my screen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's got wideband. OBD nice. pass-through, so you don't even have to watch wired it into anything you don't have to have hp tuners pro like you just plug it in and, and then you plug it in the down faster oh do they it's got more data points and then they uh, respond a lot quicker well there we go yep. yeah so what i did with my with my uh, channel layout in hp tuners which is the gauge layout screen that you can see is um i put the wideband in one of the um the horizontal ones mm-hmm. and uh i made it white when all the other gauge sensor signals are like a darker color. Yep. So if it pops up, I like, it, as soon as they add it, I'm just like, oh, wideband. Yep. Because I don't usually use the white color in yeah. in it, but I use it to stand out. Um, but yeah, it, uh, what I want to say is um, uh, tight, tight suspension. Mm-hmm. So I'm so let's say uh, control arms, uh, tie rod ends, um, ball joints, like anything that keeps your tires pointing the direction they're supposed to point. <laughs> because like if you're accelerating, they're towing in because they're flexing whatever is loose and they're towing in because they're trying to pull forward. Mm-hmm. If um if if you're braking, they're towing out. Mm-hmm. You know so. If you have everything nice and tight, those tires stay pointing straight forward. It, it, it does can, make such a big difference, too. It'll minimize your torque steer. I yep. mean, who hasn't driven an LNF making 400 wheel and almost hit a curb with it? <laughs> like, I, m- I remember when I drove mats when it was making like 600 wheel on the Ooh. street. And like that thing would change a lane instantly <laughs> that like, was like how rowdy was when it was yeah. on the 6758 yeah. that was yeah. everywhere that was just begging to be wrecked <laughs> yeah and but but you know when i drove matt's car back then we didn't have the you know the moog um solid spherical ball joint we didn't have powell stuff you mm-hmm. know the powell stuff is amazing too like we just had like oem stuff and we you know who even knows maybe that thing was just whooped because it had a bunch of records and hundreds yeah. Of dyno poles. Well, I mean, you know? he sheared the engine mount off yeah. <laughs> on a launch. Well, so. yep. there, yeah, there's that. <laughs> so, I but, mean, I'm sure it was whooped. Yeah, you, you get in, especially like Delta cars that obviously I'm the most familiar with, but it's pretty easy to tell when the controller and bushings are going bad. Yeah. But some of them are on their way out, but they're not bad, bad yet. And you toss a set of the solid controller and bushings. $11 per in there, and it makes a huge difference. The car feels so much better. You know, go through, yeah, tighten everything up. And any Delta owner knows you can limp those for <laughs> a long, long time. time. <laughs> it's um, not good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to backtrack, but um, for the wideband, for you guys that do not have uh, OBD2, um, like let's say in a 3800 Grand Prix, uh, the EGR has a 0 to 5 volt signal Mm -hmm. so what i have had customers do with those is run their wideband output into the egr input and then um log that in the scanner yeah Mm -hmm. and i believe um matt meekoff told me that there's one for your ac AC compressor also ac pressure sensor yep 
So mm-hmm. you can unplug that and you could tie into that. And then you just, you know, go into HP tuners and convert that signal over to a air fuel ratio. Yeah, which I, have, is I have a few easy. LSJ guys that have done that. And yeah, it works cool. fairly well. Um, I'll also, what I'll have people do often is just spend the $20 on like a high quality suction cup phone mount. And so that you can stick your phone on the window, get close to the wideband gauge face and just start recording a video when you start logging. Yeah. And as long as you do that, it can be a 20 minute video. That's fine because I can go to the log and I can see, okay, at 10 minutes, they did a poll. I can go to 10 minutes in the video and watch it. And I can like, I can see where you floor the car and I can tell by the sound of the video. It's very easy to match those two up, Mm -hmm. but I have a lot of customers that do that when they don't have the pro input. And as long as they follow the steps, it's, yep. it's very easy to work with. Yep. Yeah. That's, that beats having a passenger try to write it down <laughs> per thousand RPM. Yeah. Or, or, I've or had, you like holding it there. That's, I've that's had not people good. send me videos where their passenger is zoomed in all the way across the car <laughs> trying to get the thing on it. And it's, I, I can't do anything with this. Yep. <laughs> I did see, and, and Trevor, this is probably yours. Uh, it might have been Randy, but he said touch points. Oh, yep. and, you and know I'm big on the touch points. <laughs> that's yours. Oh, you, you know what? That, that was actually um, the other one I was going to bring up to go a little different than the route that uh, Tyler and Al went with is um, touch points. Yeah. Um, like my some of my favorite mods in my cars is short shifter. Yep. base bushings for the short shifter um you know billet or solid shifter cable ends yeah everything that makes your driving experience better mm-hmm. um a, a nicer steering wheel you know like some of these cars have you know you could put a vet steering wheel in a cobalt and or just a new one uh, an rs steering yeah. wheel and a non-rs like and, and a they're new steering wheel surprisingly like, cheap i mean you can't find yeah. oem uh you know cobalt steering wheels anymore but if you want a c6 z06 wheel which has like alcantara and nice stitching on rock auto they're like 300 dollars. yep mm-hmm. that's and not like, a lot of money for a brand new terrible. steering wheel. shifter bushings and a short shifter i worked here for two years and hopped in now to cobalt and i was like man these guys these transmissions suck yeah <laughs> so bad and my buddy joel got a short shifter and shifter bushings and we put it in and i was like this is like a cool car. It's yeah, normal. It's, like, it's yeah. so much better. And on that point, uh, shift cables, they wear out. They yes, get sloppy yes. and loose. And yeah, you people t- don't think of that. You toss a new set in there, and it feels like a whole new transmission. Yep. We've even uh, rerouted cables before and made a difference. Mm. Like if, yeah, if because you can get a straighter shot. These cars have, yep. you know, these cars have had engine swaps and tranny swaps. Oh, yeah. So it's you can't guarantee that the last mechanic that worked on it routed the cables properly. <laughs> Maybe they mm-hmm. ran a twist. Yeah, they like might have flip flopped them. And yeah, I mean it just. You know, disconnecting everything, letting it resettle, and then maybe routing it a little better and hooking it back up can make a big difference. You know, if your side-to-side is really slow on your shifter, if it doesn't slap back right to neutral, um, most likely you need cables. Yeah. Uh, Connor said you can still buy Cobalt 3-spoke steering wheels, so there you Mm. go. Oh, really? Yeah. Like GM? Apparently. (laughs) Uh, Steven, the C6 uh, Vets is what fit the cobalt yeah a lot of guys do that 
Mm-hmm. Um, I see guys do Camaro, what, 6th gen Camaros and Sonics? 5th mm-hmm. gen. 5th gen Camaro yep. wheels and Sonics. Yeah, you can get okay. the, you can do the ZL1 wheel. Uh, you can wire in the paddle shifters. There's a, uh, Stephen Marjason has done it. Which I still haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, same thing. I, I hit the buttons like they work, though. So. <laughs> Like an F one driver in your in your Sonic. Do you time the uh, the thumb button with the? <laughs> oh no, I leave it in auto. I just pretend I'm shifting. <laughs> yeah, touch touch points are big. I, I I'm on that train too. Yep. It's it's what it's literally what you touch every time you get in the car. So why not make it nice? Like a shift knob and a new steering wheel swap the frame. Mm-hmm. Like fifty bucks. Your car will feel a million times better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know, Grand Prix guys, Cobalt guys, you can go to the junkyard and find lower mile ones and get What's a steering a, wheel for twenty bucks. Does Bo have the GXP shifter in his? Yep, Regal. Yep, he's got a GXP a of... shifter. He's got GXP seats, or Grand Prix. Yeah, I think they they're GXP seats, but uh, and then you know he swapped out his Regal steering wheel, which is fair because that thing is ugly. <laughs> Yeah, early 2000s GM steering wheels were not the best. Andrew, I I see it. Um, I don't foresee ZZP making old body style Chevy parts. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying to. Man, we're trying to keep up, and we can't keep up with new stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's it, like there's so many companies out there making old body style stuff. You know, yeah, it's, it's pretty affordable. But I'd love to get into uh, you know ZZP long travel, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> LSJT OBS single cab Chevy. It'd be perfect. That'd be cool. It'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. If you made enough power, you could. <laughs> uh, as Tyler was talking, another one popped in my head, though, and this would depend which car, because Ion specifically were okay in this department, but an under severely underrated mod could be just as simple as a seat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because oh, there are yeah. a lot of very terrible seats in very fast cars. Oh, my gosh. I tuned that customer's LSJ, and it had the leather seats. I haven't oh, been in those leather those seats in a long so time. Bad. And I'm sitting there, like, flying all around. Like, the 07 does, seats. So the leather seats anyone? aren't terrible? New. But they get, like, three times sat well, in them. Well, they are they the don't fastest work. degrading seat <laughs> yeah. that yeah. I have ever seen in my life. The bolsters, like, invert. like <laughs> <laughs> They do. It's like you're sitting on a ball. And you're just yep. going to roll off. That's inside. how that one felt. But, I mean, Cobalt guys grab some Recaros. I mean, there's, yeah. there's always people swip-swapping. Yeah. I mean, I've got th- two pairs of LNF seats and Recaros and, like, all these in the garage. And I don't need any of them, but, you know. If you don't want to deal with custom fabbing anything, a pair of Recaro OEM seats from an Ion or a Cobalt are amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I know in my base model, I have I have those Jegs race seats. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, everybody seems to think they're pretty all right. I mean. They, yeah, it's like we're, we're talking about uh, modded dailies here for the, for the most part. Like, you yeah. don't have to buy a $4,000 seat. No. There my are, Jeg seats are 230 brand new. And, they, and it's a fiberglass race seat. Mm-hmm. The, it's um, all right. If you can't find the uh, Ion or Cobalt ones, you can also look for G- GLI, GTI. Oh, yeah. Same seat. Yep. Just swap your bottom bracket, and that would work, too. Yeah. Oh, Mark, really? Mark 5 yeah. GTIs or 6? GTI. One of those, but they came with some nice Recaros yeah. that were the same seat. Mm-hmm. Huh. They yeah. say GTI on them, which is kind Didn't of know that. a bummer. Mm. But. Man, I took out my L&F seats because I couldn't stand the SS on them. 
way I'm running a GTI. I I'm I'm still on Team LNF seat over Recaro's. I'm yeah, not. if they didn't say SS on them. Well. But it was just, I couldn't do it. Really? I like I love JC's way more than the... I LNF love ones. those Recaro's. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm smaller, but I feel like the LNFs hug me more. <laughs> well, see, that's the problem for me. Yeah. They're a little too huggy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, did you know that uh, the LNF seats had adjustable side bolsters? What? You just grab it and squeeze, and they'll go in oh, and out. See, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> didn't know that. How, yep. did, how well, am I that would have been useful. <laughs> <laughs> so you just push them wherever you want? Yeah, they, they don't have a ton of adjustment, but I think at one point, GM even advertised, but you just grab the bolsters, and you can squeeze them all the way in, or you can push them all the way out. Huh. It's kind of neat. Oh well, my god! We're I'm taking so a field trip after this podcast because <laughs> yeah. I always feel like they're all big. So maybe they're just. Tyler, all you're gonna you're gonna have to prove it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to prove it. <laughs> we're up. gonna get out there and they don't move at all. <laughs> and it's I've just made it up in my head up for nowhere. years. Can anyone in the chat confirm? <laughs> LNF seats do this. <laughs> Sonic S wait S E mod. What's an S E mod or Cobalt mod? I don't know. Uh, Brad, I do not have any F40s. I should have one, but I don't. I have a brand new F35, but that's probably going to go in my LNF. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on uh, pulling that F35 out of my sedan and putting an F40 in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talk about an underrated mod, F40. <laughs> yeah, it, people balk at it because of the investment cost, but would have saved me money if I'd have bought it earlier. Yeah. I mean, you not only do you have a lower highway cruising RPM, your gears are all a little tighter, mm -hmm. and um, and it shifts nicer. Yeah, they shift nicer. They don't explode yeah. even at stock party. Uh, stock party. <laughs> stock party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Works. I guess you could call it a party. <laughs> but I, I've seen people go through. I mean, I was I was one of them. I went through a couple F35s in my old Ions. Bo did the same when he bought it. We should have just put an F40 in it, but, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Chosen yeah, it's, it's expensive, but if you've ever done it or driven a car with it, it's worth way more than it costs. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, a lot of people, you know, it, it can be kind of tough to find the F40. There is one guy selling new ones on eBay, but they are pricey. They're like 1200 bucks. But uh, if you use car-part.com and search for, you know, the Saab of the year or the LHU Regals, I mean, they're like three to $700. And they're not bad. You can call a lot of junkyards and they'll either, you know, schedule you for pickup and you can sort by distance from your house. and Or some of them might ship, too. So if anybody didn't know, car-part. Tell them yeah. the secrets. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> now we're going to go to buy one and we can't find them. Yeah. <laughs> then they're going to be 1500 bucks. Um, I think we left out the 3800 guys. Um, 3800s, you know, it's an older car. So um, I'm a huge fan of all the wiring upgrades. Ooh, yes. Um, obviously, we sell a few of them, uh, but there are a few that we can't really sell a kit for. It's just like work you do. Like, uh, real quick, I'll go through some of the ones we sell, like a fuel pump rewire kit, alt volt booster, alt power cable. I mean, the, that car, I, oh, man, I could go on like way too long on this, but the alternator charge wire is eight gauge and it's like 10 foot long to Ooh. go from the alternator to the battery when it's only like, uh, maybe 12 inches away. It goes down through the cradle what? and what? up and around the radiator 
to the battery. It's for simplicity. You know what? I understand why they did it. But our alt power cable is twice the size. Actually, technically, by math, it's a lot more than twice the size. But, like, it's a four-gauge wire, and um, it just goes right from the fuse box yeah. charge post right to the alternator. It's hmm. like... It's all of 14 inches, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a very short huh. wire, and that's huge. Um, 3800s, like... When the Cobalts came out, that car has so much electronics that the ac- the wiring on the car is pretty decent. Yeah. You don't really have a lot of wiring problems with that car. Yeah. The 3800 was not very electronic. No. You know, it had a it still had a pretty wimpy alternator um and it didn't have like electric power steering like the like the Cobalt. Mm-hmm. So the wires are just tiny. Um they just like have ring terminals that ground to the chassis, the frame of the car that is just a little post with a nut on it holding a ring terminal on paint. So, like, one of our free mods was take this nut off, you know, scratch the paint off, yep. put some dielectric grease on there, and just bolt it back on. You know, both sides, yep. right behind the headlights, um, about a foot behind the headlights on the frame rail. Um, the fuel pump rewire, like, that wire, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, that is tiny. So, it's a tiny gauge wire. It goes from your fuse box all the way to the back, um, plugs into your fuel pump, but then the ground wire for the fuel pump ends up grounding literally at the taillight. So our fuel pump rewire is is like, I don't know, twice the gauge, and the ground wire is like two foot long. <laughs> so our fuel pump rewire is a huge upgrade. Yeah, I know. Wow. That's, that's like a must-have on 3,800 cars. Alt-volt alt booster. Um, the factory car, I don't know, the voltage is all over the place. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to just say numbers to give you an idea. But let's say you're like a 13.5 volts at idle. Um, it moves all over the place more than any other car I've ever seen before. But um, when you add our volt booster, it bumps at 0.6 volts. Keep in mind, like, so you go from like, let's say 13.5 to 14.1, and now your fuel pump has, you know, a half more a power, volt. Yeah. Your radio, your headlights... Mm-hmm. all have more voltage yeah that was definitely a thing in older gm cars where you would start to add more things to the system <laughs> like start acting weird. yeah and yeah you you know you'd push the ac on and things would dim for a second yeah so yep um and that's all that's generally um it's generally not the positive wire as much as it is the darn ground wire yeah so i mean regrounding your ground wires maybe adding some extra ground wires like i know whenever i had any 3800s i added an extra ground wire from the battery to the chassis i cleaned all the grounds that we have in our tech articles um i add an extra ground wire from the alternator to the chassis Mm -hmm. i try to connect all the the things yeah you know engine to chassis um battery to chassis battery to engine like i I add all that stuff and 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 to go off that just cleaning up those ground spots like you mentioned you know i I, yeah the cobalts are notorious cobalts are bad Mm -hmm. they'll get really rusty or they they have a couple ground spots that are on paint too so scuff them up I had nice. uh, I forget which one I had that I had to do the add it to the strut tower bar that all the cobalt guys do. Oh, I'm that's sure that was from your it. TCM on on the blue car yep. to mm-hmm. up there. Yep. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right from the ECU to the. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, I saw I saw Bill Kishin there. Um, what I've 
had pretty good luck with is I'll take a alternator that needs a rebuild or maybe it doesn't and go to like a local alternator rebuilder and ask them to upgrade it. So they'll take it and they'll upgrade this or that in it. And then they'll make it, you know, a, a 60 amp alternator. They'll hmm. make it like a hundred amp or something. Oh, really? So what, do they just put more windings in it. Um, I don't know what they do, but <laughs> some um, sort of magic. My big, dad, big my dad alternator. was the one that taught me that back in the day with his muscle cars. Okay, and, hmm. and I was like, "Oh, that's that's cool." Hmm. So, huh. um, but yeah, there there are a couple aftermarket ones out there. I'm just outdated because I haven't <laughs> done any car audio stuff with 3800s in so long. Yeah, alternators haven't been around for that much of your career. <laughs> See, this is the kind of stuff you got to come up with. <laughs> new ones, Canatelli. Sleeping. Yep. Um, somebody mentioned it, especially if you're, you know, road course or uh, autocross, but dot four brake fluid. It's, oh, it, ah, yeah. It's not underrated in the sense of what it does. It's underrated <laughs> because not enough people do it. Yep. And you can boil dot three really fast. You sure can. Really fast. Especially if you're a bad driver, from what I've heard. <laughs> yep. Also, yep. just swapping brake fluid and uh coolant's the other one that somewhere yeah. down the line turned into forever fluids and they're not <laughs> like yeah. yeah you know people like to crap on deck cool but if you keep the system sealed and yes. have fresh coolant in it it'll last a long time i'm glad that we actually don't have to argue with people about that like back yeah. in the grand prix days they were all like oh get that crappy dex cool uh, yeah really? i run dex cool in my cars i'm completely fine with it nah, i still like boycott you said. it because universal is green and green is faster <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> anyway. But, you know, Dexcool is completely fine as long as it doesn't see oxygen. Mm-hmm. You know, oxygen, like, there's a reason why they put that stuff in Dexcool to, like, plug holes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it works. But if you put 150,000 miles on your car, you should have changed the antifreeze 50,000 miles ago. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I guess if you want to rinse it all out, you could switch to green, but green isn't better. No, um, just looks way cooler. Tra- <laughs> tranny fluid changes, and and <clears throat> I definitely say do not flush your transmission. No, just drain and fill with a new filter. That is it. Like if if there's some junk stuck in a corner, leave it in the corner. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to dredge it all up and get it no. stuck in other stuff. It's been in that corner for a long time, and all it's fine over flushing there. is going to do is potentially put it in something you don't want. Yeah, and or if you've made it to two hundred thousand with your transmission, don't, don't change the fluid. Touch it. <laughs> Just leave it until all it your dies. Magic shifty stuff is suspended in the fluid. <laughs> see, yeah, man, I don't see. That's one I've always had a dilemma with i haven't had a i experienced uh, it have you yes in the element oh is it had a converter shutter that there was a Hmm. tsb for possible flush might fix it yeah nah it just just (laughs) made it slip more and shifted weird like i was like oh no i just ruined it so i drained half the fluid out and filled it with that magic transmission molasses and now it drives like a champ <laughs> like new stuff or you put some of the old stuff back in no i just put this stuff that was you know that lucas oil stabilizer it was like almost that thick oh okay ground up some metal shavings pretty and much yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. still driving <laughs> put some lsd adder in there like I, put, I put the five dollar <laughs> cheater fix in it and it's worked better than what was proper yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, if you have a lot of miles, I think I'd maybe just do like a half drain and fill or something. Maybe <laughs> if you have a 4L60 or 4L65, let's be real, you didn't make it to high miles. <laughs> Probably not. 
Oh man! I want to. This would be impossible. Fourteen sixty fives are filled for life because they <laughs> die in their middle ages. <laughs> it would be impossible to verify, but I would love to know what the highest mileage forty sixty five is. Oh, there's mm. there's some dude on the forums that is just claiming. I bet Bill day. Kish knows. Uh, yeah, he might. Somebody will chime in here. Yeah, that tranny really isn't that bad. I don't think. I mean, if you try to make a ton of power, maybe, but if you maintain it properly, it's fine. Well, what do you call maintaining properly? Like, change your fluid <laughs> Swap every... Swap to an F40. <laughs> <laughs> change your fluid every 80,000 miles. Yeah. And, and yeah. don't be a dummy, you know? Make sure your converter's locking. Make sure you don't drive around with codes to where your converter's unlocked, <laughs> running at 250 degrees down the highway, you know? Like, Andrew Lowe. 98 OBS. 4L6E at 185. That's not too bad. All right. That one was made on a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's been through six of them since, since then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, darn trailblazer. Daniel says 90 pounds valve springs and XP cam, or should he do 105? No, you need 136s and a Rollmaster. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have to shift that thing at like 6,000, and then XP cam loves going to like 6,400. <laughs> So. 6400 Rollmaster 136s <laughs> and our new revised um you know retainers that we've had on the website for over a year. Yeah. But uh that revised retainer is so freaking light. And the 136 is a magical spring. So that is like I, I in my opinion I would put that in everything 3800. Yeah, I know there's a lot of lot of different valve spring choices for the 3800 and i'm not super can you know up to date on them but i like basically we have like i don't know we've had man over five valve spring options for the 3800 and in my opinion like you either have 90s for one nine rockers Mm -hmm. and a stock timing chain or you just put 136s in it with a roll master double okay and that's it and just be done with it Yes, and all of them you run our our ZZP retainers that are super light. Don't buy LS retainers. Yeah, they work. I mean, they'll work for all your LS based Beehive spring, but but they're heavier than ours. And and valve train weight is like so huge, you thirty eight hundred guys. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like Zoom's car would rev to like seventy five hundred like a whole bunch of years ago. Now we're talking. And the only reason it did was that we had Z06 hollow stem in sodium filled. Uh, valves in it Ah. Um, and then when we took those out back then it stopped revving that high it was done because you cannot you cannot fit the valve spring that engine needs in that head the pocket's not big enough the the packaging is too small yep you know Uh there's one guy that came in here with some 160 pound spring from something and his um and his car revved all the way to seven grand wow and um i was i was surprised but uh, yeah, the, the Comp 136 is is also we underrate it for whatever reason. I don't know why we <laughs> why it's called a 136, but the thing is well over 150. I think it's 155, if I recall. <laughs> but um, but for some reason somebody called it a 136 one day, and we just <laughs> followed suit. And here we are, 20 years later, <laughs> because it is way better than our um than our what Crow Cam's 130 that yeah, we used yep. to sell. Way better. <laughs> And it's better than the 140 pound spring that we used to sell. That I don't remember what brand it is. <laughs> so many options. Uh, yes. Brad said clean air filter. Yeah. Yes, that's a good one. I, I suppose. Yeah. So good point. It's it's silly, but uh, I put a ZZP intake on Erica's HHR when I when we bought it three years ago. 
and I noticed the gas mileage had gone down a little bit. And so this summer I just went in, refreshed, did plugs. I cleaned the air filter and I'm not kidding. It picked up over a mile per gallon. Which oh is boy. really nothing, but thanks, cool. Steve. I know, right? The price of gas. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not too bad. Two or three years overdue for the filter <laughs> change. I think. Cabin air filters too. Oh, yeah. Pull that boy out and throw it away. And throw it away. And don't put a new one in because you'll forget about that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, then you'll destroy your blower motor. Nah, it's fine. Trust me. <laughs> We've all. I, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I'm with you on the cabin filter. If you smell something funny, whatever, get that thing out of there. Yeah. Um, you got dead rat stuck in there catch cans any engine that is Mm. prone to detonation put a freaking catch can on it asap and if you put one on make sure to check it and and, um empty it (laughs) don't be like me in my sonic like al's like oh i only make it like a week and i have to empty my catch can and i'm like huh never checked mine (laughs) i go out there that thing was full to the brim and was like it it was like it had been dripping back through the line Uh, for weeks yeah yeah it was and like a glob of whatever it is came out it oh, was like a gross, like a slug, a Ooh. catch can slug. It's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's solidified. Um, but yeah, the, the Sonic guys, I recommend it just because the factory PCV, PCV system is garbage. And we have that Horrible. nifty um, PCV reroute kit that you guys came out with. That or came engine up with. has a lot of PCV action happening. Yes. So that car, it's recommended. It doesn't have a detonation issue like the LTGs do. Yeah. The LTG guys, you needed to keep your friggin' pistons where they're <laughs> supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, every LTG should have a catch yeah. can. Every single one. For sure. Um, 3800's your factory PCV system works great, so leave it alone. Yeah. Um, just adding unless, complexity, essentially. Yeah, until you turbo it. And once you turbo it, you kind of have to because then the factory PCV system doesn't work anymore because you're blowing pressure mm-hmm. into your inlet, <laughs> which it's not used to. Nope. But um, if you're supercharged, factory one is great. Yep. Don't catch can it. Don't run a breather. None of that. <laughs> yeah, um, don't don't run a breather. It's I, I know we sell them and it, it yep. is but it's a band aid. They have yeah. a specific purpose. Yes. We do. sell them because some people want to run it, not because they need it or it's beneficial. Yeah. They just want it. <laughs> yeah. And if you know, you have to you know, if somebody asks us should I run a breather, we'll probably tell them no. Yeah. Um but you know, it, if we don't sell it, somebody else will. So, yeah. you know, we got to sell some stuff that we don't necessarily <laughs> like. Yeah. Brad said, always look for mouse nests in your uh, cabin air filters. Yeah. Uh, Ash, Ashley made a good point. Uh, lightweight wheels. That's a, oh, that's a Tim Beak special there. Yeah. Yes. I'm obsessed <laughs> with wheel weight. God, I'm a little she over the top that of that. She learned that the hard way. <laughs> oh, my God. The car still makes amazing power for how heavy those wheels are, though. It does. I, some chonks. I bet if you put RPF1s on that car and put it back on like the dyno, gain 20, it would gain horse. 20 horse. It probably would. Those things are like 30 pounds The only thing tires. saving them is their eight or eight and a halves. Yeah. They, yeah. I, they, they look cool, <laughs> but... Man, those are heavy. What are, what are they? Are they LSARs? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't um, know. LASR. I stopped paying attention over six spokes. They're the <laughs> rotiform. You can't even count One million those. spoked spider web whatever thing. <laughs> Andrew says, have Al please explain the proper use of breathers now. 
If your oil's trying to come out the seals in the dipstick hole, <laughs> get a breather. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Until then. Unless don't. there's another problem you can fix. Yeah, if, well, I mean, if the source of the oil coming out of all your gaskets and seals is a hole through the piston, breather's not going to do a whole lot for you. Oh my God, don't look that up. <laughs> I just looked up those LSA, uh, LASR uh, wheel weights. The 17s are mid-high 20s. Ooh. Wow. Her wheels are over 30. 10 pounds heavier per wheel than my RPF ones. Yeah. So your RPF ones are 17 by 9. My 17 by 9s weigh 15.9 <laughs> pounds. Now, hold on. I don't want everyone getting in a panic thinking they need to take the breather filter off. That's <laughs> not what we're saying. Okay. We're just saying you don't need to have it unless there's a problem that needs solved. Yeah. We're not yeah. saying that you're hurting anything by having it. Yeah, just email us. Email us, not a problem. Yeah, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll tell you. We'll ask yeah. you. We'll have to ask you more questions, but then we'll tell you if you should mm-hmm. have it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuel additives are like the stuff you see that's like octane in a bottle. Pull up the MSDS sheet. It's all kerosene, They're right? They're all mostly kerosene. Yeah. I, the, I, no, don't use that. The only one that actually is worth a damn is Boostane, Boostane which yeah. is pricey. Boostane is good. But it works. Well, that's why it's the only one we sell, and that's why it costs more than all the other ones. Yeah. Uber Blue Dragon. Uh, yes, it does. We have it on our um, 2006 or 2005 Grand Prix GT oh. that's like a neat NA build. And it sounds so good. Yep. I I still cannot believe how much I like 3800s after the equalizer. Yeah. Kind of weird, yeah. huh? It's, it's it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It has completely changed my outlook on those engines. Yes. And now I want to put one in something. It's it's crazy because... Right as they're getting hard to find. It, yeah. It's crazy because um, a bunch of us guys went somewhere after work, and Bo was in the Series 3 Grand Prix uh, NA car with that equalizer, and it had like a GT2 cam in it. You know, it's a typical NA setup. And um, he was driving, and I kept hearing it. And I'm like, where is this V8 car? And, like, I'm a car guy, so I know what V8s and V6s sound like. In certain RPM ranges, that thing sounds like a V8 cruising down the road. It has a very interesting sound, for sure. And then when he revs it out, it sounds like a sweet inline six. It does. It sounds like a Supra. Yeah. It's a great mod. All you guys should have it. Even you guys with headers. Like, we, we did that one video, and it didn't really lose any power and, you know, quadrupled the sound output quality yeah. like jeez man uh, yeah i would take a 20 horse if it was yeah i would take a 20 horse hit just for the noise absolutely but they're virtually Spray identical the difference if i didn't have like freaking five six <laughs> vehicles <laughs> no kidding if and I with I, five minutes left we circle back to nitrous <laughs> But uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, equalizer, everything. Noah brings up a good point that we've lightheartedly complained about here many times. Like, yes, RPF1 is one of the most used wheels out there because it's a really well-rounded yeah, yeah. wheel. ding <laughs> Yeah. It, and it bothers me, too. Like, I have two sets of RPF1s, and I am, like, I am the guy that always does something original. Like, I am obsessed with doing something original and I have two sets of RPF ones because there is no other wheel for the money. Yeah. You there is not another wheel on the planet that hits the boxes. It does that, that it does. Yeah. It's a decent looking wheel and it is pounds lighter than everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can spend twice the money and still not have a wheel as that, light yeah. as the RPF one. 
The only thing that sucks is brake caliper clearance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's no bueno. an issue. I've heard that. <laughs> it's the whole step lip thing. <laughs> Not optimal. The en- Enki does make <clears throat> a couple other wheels that are close. The PFO one. Yeah, the PFO one, and then I think the NTO threes are they're not on the same level, but they are pretty similarly weighted. Yeah. Um, All Inkies are relative to their competitors, lighter and cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Well, once once you get into the 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 racing line, they have yeah. their their cheap line, which oh, is like the EV fives. A- the ones that are on Al Sonic are like their their tire rack. Oh. kind of wheels um but then the racing line is the the lightweight ones mm. but yeah i mean and and i love the challenge like if you guys if you guys have other wheel companies out there that have something please let us know i mean we're all like obsessing over wheels like all like <laughs> yeah. every week we're looking at wheels and whatnot yep. i mean i'm trying to find i need a set of wheels for my sedan Mm. I've been looking for months trying to find something, trying to find something like nine to nine and a half wide. Wheels have gotten, they hit pretty hard with the inflation wave the last year. They did. They really did. I mean, it, you know, you go on Fitment Industries and you look at the wheels today compared to a year ago and everything is up at least 20 percent which kind of sucks but i mean so is everything especially that sweet spot range of like still a good wheel but affordable is now like yeah and and me and me and you are on we'll buy whatever yeah so (laughs) but but even esrs now are expensive they They're don't pricey. hold in price since I've worked here. Yeah. They, they, wow. They used to be 800 bucks out the door had you like their best set of wheels. Now they're 1600 <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> they do have some like really, they, they also have three-piece wheels now, and so they've really expanded their category. I'm sure but, they stepped up their quality, but. Uh, Noah, yes, Cobalts also have 5x110, so that is yep. unfortunate. <laughs> Hubswap. That's an underrated mod. Hubswap on a Cobalt is an underrated mod. It's it it's something that I don't recommend to everyone because there are obviously extra steps. You know, you gotta find redrilled hubs, and then you also either have to redrill your rotors or hog out the holes. So when it comes time and you need new rotors, then you gotta do the same. So it's like you know, it's a more specific mod. I did it on the blue car because I had wheels that fit from Al. And uh well, there's a I weird don't drive that car enough where I'm going to be going through rotors a lot. Point to be made where, and Tim and Tyler can probably speak on this pretty well, that I don't know what happened, but a huge push to the wider the wheel, the better, the wider the tire, the better. But like and something like an LNF, cheap, you can rock the stock wheels for a very long time Oh yeah, yeah. and not be limited by your wheel width. Yeah, yeah. you can. There's so many other mods that would gain you power on drag strip, track, yep. whatever you're doing. Yeah, again, even if you're you on stock wheels, throw a nice 225 tire, mm-hmm. a 200 treadwear on the, the stock size. Don't oversize your tires because it looks dumb and it yep. reduces handling. But <laughs> throw those on, rock the stock wheels. They look good, and then go on from there. I, I mean, mean, there's really competitive dudes on, say, road course with relatively small tires yeah like <laughs> i mean on the blue car i have 245s that's mm-hmm. not a big tire but it will do everything that i need it to do you know i don't need to go to a 265 although that would look cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. the problem is we're all like yeah it'd be cool though <laughs> uh w body hubs i i don't think that they 
swap to the cobalt. No, I've never heard of that. But yeah, Andrew Lowe, Grand Am hubs do fit in an LNF knuckle, uh, but then you lose your ABS. Well, those are the ones that do keep ABS for an LSJ. Oh, they do? You have to modify the knuckle to get them fit, though. Mm. Okay. And I didn't care about ABS on my car, so that's why I did LNF hubs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, you have Voodoo. Yeah, stand Federal alone. Tire. <laughs> Federal's, you know, it's not bad. I mean, I had a customer come in with a, um, oh, crap. I just drew a blank. What's the what's the cool slingshot? With the, the, the cool uh, slingshot? Yeah. The, Vanderhall. The, Vanderhall. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I had a dude come in with a Vanderhall with Federal's on the front, since that's a front-wheel drive cruise, basically, uh-huh. three-wheel mm. car. And uh, that thing scooted. <laughs> That thing, that it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I, I wish they made a manual. Too small. Yeah. Well, yeah, power break. That, <laughs> that's the one thing I don't like about. It. Like, I would, I would own one if I didn't feel like everybody's staring at me, and I, and I'm because you know, look like, like a it. dork in it. Maybe <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you guys are talking Maybe. about. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like those things. I love driving them. I just hate that everywhere you go, like everybody's just staring at you, and yeah. you're just like sitting out in the middle of nowhere. You know, like I, I felt the same in the Goblin when I was street tuning yeah. that one, and I'm driving. One, everyone's looking at you, which some people might like, but two. You're so exposed. Every time I went by a semi, I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh. Well, it is yeah. a weird thing because people don't do that to motorcycles because they're used to seeing motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. But a Goblin or a Vanderhall is so weird that mm-hmm. everyone's going to People don't it. expect it. Oh, heck, it's 5 o'clock. Yeah, any... Uh, Damn. Steven, last minute mods, any you guys want to say that are 19 pounds? It's terrible. Like, I my rule, my rule is I pretty much will not buy a wheel that is more than a pound per inch. So, if it's a 19, then it can it, it can be, be 19, 19 pounds. pounds. Yeah, um, if it's an 18, it better be 18 pounds, and if it's a 17, it better be an RPF one at 15.9 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> the Cortex is definitely severely underrated. Yeah, Cortexes are sweet. It, as like, I mean, all the new cars come with fancy launch control and boost by gear and all this stuff. And the Cortex can do a lot of that. And I mean, they're like, what, 435 bucks or something on their website they're, with they're the gauge. So useful. And yeah, I mean, the Sonic wouldn't be where it is today without it. No. It is pretty cool to see software is bringing old cars to new car standards. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Turbo LSJ with a Cortex. It breathes new life into the car. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, uh, what are you guys doing this weekend? Real quick, and then we'll get out of here. I am uh, doing mostly nothing, which will be great. And then I have to replace a friend's catalytic converter because it got stolen. So I got well, an eBay one. And not replace. It's just place. <laughs> yeah, just place one in place. <laughs> so, yeah, that. And uh, I don't know. Look at my new gutters. I yeah, got, guys. I got buy buy coilovers so people don't steal your cats. Yeah, if your car's too low, they can't get under there. Exactly. I like it. I like it. That's a good point. That's a good case for air Insurance. Ride. Plus, if you see a car that's lowered, they're just going to be like, nope, he's totally got a high-flow cat. In yeah. There. And that's worth about $10, so I'm not, yeah. not cutting that thing out of there. Yep. Uh, I got ice skating lessons for the kids oh, tomorrow. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm pretty excited to watch that. That should be fun. Uh, Try not to make too many uh, Letterkenny references. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In-laws are coming up Saturday just for the day. Sunday, nothing. Just going to go. Actually, Sunday is squat day. I'm going to go pretty heavy this week. 
Nice. Same here. Pretty chill. We got a bunch of little car projects and one big one that I don't know if I'm going to (laughs) do. The BMW? Yep. Yep. That's fair. I just have uh, some little, you know, bringing the base model home so I can tinker around with some stuff on that. And then we just got a new dog today. So, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. where I'm going to be all uh, weekend. Goose. You're going to be busy. Yeah. Yep. So, training a new dog. Yeah, we had two shop dogs today. It was good. It was pretty day. great. Yep. It was great. All right. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thanks yep. for hanging we'll out. See you. See you.